Sometimes I just want to throw my hands up in frustration, in exasperation, in anger, and in despair. Our world is a broken place. Everything seems so messed up. Sometimes, like lately, I can barely stand to watch or even read the news reports. There's nothing good. It's, it's disaster after disaster, hurricanes and wildfires, floods and earthquakes. It's another mass shooting. One more added to the tally. That means that 1,473 people have been wounded this year in mass shootings alone in America. 473 people have been killed as of Thursday. And that's, that's not okay. Obviously, Las Vegas sticks out in our minds. But then you turn the page, and we're on the brink of war with North Korea. Russia has sought to influence and meddle in our elections. Healthcare has become more of a political tactic than it is about actual concern for the people. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. It never seems to end. Everything seems so broken and messed up. Our world seems to be in social and moral chaos. Peace and hope seem like a distant dream. What kind of peace can there be with so much anger, so much hatred, so much violence in our world? What kind of hope is there when, when the rhetoric and the anger is reaching a fever pitch? In the face of all of this, today's reading from Isaiah seems odd. It seems out of place. It's unexpected as we hear God's promises that he will swallow up death forever, that the Lord Almighty will wipe tears from all of the faces. It seems hard to even hear and believe that these promises can be true, that, but why hasn't God brought them about if he's able? Why hasn't death been swallowed up forever? Why haven't the tears been wiped away? Why haven't the nations been gathered to him? Why haven't they turned back to God? And where is this, this victory feast where all we need is provided. We look around at our circumstances and everything seems out of control. Everything seems to be in chaos and you start to question, maybe, maybe it's out of control. Maybe God isn't even in control. Maybe he can't really fulfill these promises. Maybe he thought he could, but it's just gotten too bad, too dark, too broken. I understand Sometimes the world seems dark and hopeless. Isaiah understands too. As a pastor, sometimes I get a little concerned because we read passages like today's filled with hope, filled with promises, but we never pay attention to the surrounding context of what's being said. Because if you read through Isaiah 1 through 25 up to today's passage, Isaiah starts describing the world that he's living in. His context, his community, and it sounds an awful lot like where we find ourselves here and now. In Isaiah chapter 3, he describes Israel as a nation in social and moral chaos. The people sneer at what is honorable. They are broken, violent, and messy people. The leaders are incompetent and incapable. They're greedy, and they're not able to control the situations. The people 
openly mock God and disobey his will. They're proud and celebrate their sins and their idolatry. It can sound a lot like where we find ourselves today. And then you move on to Isaiah 7 through chapter 11. And they're on the brink of war with a foreign nation that's bigger than them, maybe capable of destroying and ending their world. And then you move on to Isaiah 13 through 23. And Isaiah begins to describe that God is going to bring judgment on the nations surrounding Israel and on Israel itself for their sins. And there are small glimpses of hope in the midst of it. And then you get to the section where today's lesson is found. Isaiah 24 through 27. This passage filled with a a promise of hope. But how does it begin? It's describing cosmic judgment. It's titled, The Judgment on the Whole Earth. This doesn't seem like the place where you're going to expect a promise of hope, a promise of something better to come. See, Isaiah knows exactly what it's like to be standing and sitting right where we are. And in the midst of this prophecies about destruction, about death, about the nations being judged and broken, we have this unexpected, poignant, and powerful promise that in the midst of the chaos and uncertainty, the Lord is going to swallow up death forever. That the tears will be wiped away. That the nations will come to know his name. And that all of those who are in him, who trust in his promises, they will be brought to the victory feast that has no end. And we brought to this time of, of celebration and joy. But what are we supposed to do with these promises? See, they're a reminder that in the midst of the chaos of war, of fear, of sadness, when everything seems out of control and overwhelming, that God has got you, that he has got you. No matter what comes in this life, no matter what comes in this world, he is in control. See, in the midst of the darkness and the uncertainty, God is our refuge, as Paul was talking about. As Luther penned in the great hymn, a mighty fortress is our God. That's where we go for the security and assurance in those difficult times. When the news media and the world can see nothing but anxiety and uncertainty, when they can't get past the next tragedy, and they can't get past how everything is broken and falling apart, we as Christians take a step back. We slow down. And we take a breath. Take a breath. And then we come back and we recite our faith in words like those of the apostles or the Nicene Creed that give us an overview, a 30,000 foot view of God's story and of his plan through all of history that summarize our faith, that, that God created the world, that in Christ the world has been redeemed, that God is sanctifying the world through you and I, the church. He is forgiving our sins and he's bringing us towards a powerful judgment day when all things will be set right in his kingdom, by his power. And then we come in a little bit closer, and we go to scripture, and we read a a book, a, a chapter, a passage, maybe even just a verse. And we're reminded that through the seeming chaos, uncertainty, brokenness, and messiness of history recorded in the Old Testament, God was working his plan of salvation through it all. And then he promises he continues to work his plan of salvation in the midst of an uncertain and chaotic world. 
And then as Christians, we gather here together. We encourage one another and we remind one another of the gospel truth. That our God reigns. While the peoples and the nations may rage and fight against him, our God is in control. While peace and hope can sometimes seem fleeting and distant, we're reminded that the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this isn't the kind of peace that the world talks about. It isn't the kind of peace that the world is trying to share with you. See, this, this kind of peace that God gives us is a quiet confidence in the midst of the brokenness. It's a quiet confidence and certainty in God's promises, regardless of what is happening in the world around us. Because we know he's got this. When the world gets darkest, his light shines brightest. In the midst of the chaos, we as God's people live in the light of his promises. That there is a day coming when death will be swallowed up forever. When the tears will be wiped away. That a day is coming where we will sit at that victory feast where God has saved us a spot. And where we will have the finest of wines and the best of meats. And we will sing songs in joy and celebration. But right now, in the darkness, in the midst of these dark times, we listen to what Paul says in Philippians. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, then think about these things. We follow Paul's pattern of holding on to the gospel truth, of thinking of the things that God wants us to think about. See, Paul, in the midst of his uncertainty, in the midst of the chaos happening around him and to him, see, he he wrote these words as he was sitting in a jail in Philippi. And he told them to have confidence, to not be anxious about what was happening around you, but to bring everything to God in prayer and trust that he has got it. That's where Paul tells us to go. So as God's people in the midst of the uncertainty, we remember God's past acts of salvation and we trust that he is faithful to his promises for today and for tomorrow. But how can we be sure? How can we be sure that he's going to fulfill those promises, that he's going to bring them about? What certainty do we have? It's here in these moments that we need to go back to the heart of the gospel message. We need to go back and remember on the day when, on the darkest of days, when the sun had gone dark and God's son hung from a cross dying a criminal's death. When peace seemed distant and all hope seemed lost. As the blood dripped down his forehead, poured from his hands and feet, as he was held there by the brokenness, by the chaos, by the shame, by the guilt, by the sorrow, by the pain, by the war happening in our world. And he took it all on himself for us. As he was laid to rest in a tomb and the days passed, his perfect plan of salvation, his perfect love could not be overcome. Death could not hold him. Our king rose from the grave. The sting of death has been taken away. 
Death has no more victory for you and I who stand in Christ. And as we hear these promises and are reminded of these words, it gives us freedom in Christ to let go of the anxiety and the fear, the uncertainty because of everything happening around us. Jesus gives us freedom to be honest about our circumstances and yet have a quiet certainty, peace, and hope that the world does not understand. Because Jesus' resurrection is the first fruits of that victory feast that Isaiah prophesied about. Death has no more sting, has no more say over our lives. For we are victorious in Christ and will rise from the grave. In the midst of the fear and the uncertainty of this world, we turn to the resurrection story. That's where we find our hope. Because Jesus wears the crown. As Lord of heaven and earth, of Lord over all history, Lord over the universe. And he promises that history, that this story, that our times are advancing towards a powerful end. When he will come on the last day in judgment. And he will bring his reign and rule. And for those who have trusted in his name, all things will be set right. There will be no more pain, no more tears, no more death, no more brokenness. See, we long for that day. And on that day, the weapons of violence and pain, well, they'll be turned and remade into tools for building up one another. As it says in scripture, the swords will be beat into plowshares. Death will be swallowed up forever. And there will be that victory feast where your seat is prepared at that table. And God will welcome you and he will give you all of those blessings. Your cup will overflow as it said in Psalm 23, with the Lord's blessings now and forevermore. But as we wait for that day, we come together and we remember God's story. We sing of his past acts of salvation. We hear them in the readings. And then we gather together and we go to the Lord's table. And we get a foretaste, a a preview of that victory feast. And at that table, we receive that peace, that hope, that forgiveness, that life, which is ours in Christ. And it's something that the world cannot take from us. We have certainty. We have peace. We have life and hope in Christ. And may that truth guard your hearts and minds today and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.